for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. On a Monday, welcome back. Trent and I take you until noon. Murph and Andy at 2. The Fanatics slide in at 4 o'clock. Coming up this hour, we will hear momentarily from Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He covers Iowa, covers the Big Ten. We'll hear from Doc. Bottom of the hour, Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Uh, he covers the Big 12. Let's get to Scott Dockerman. Doc, batting down the hatches. I don't know what's on the eastern part of the state right now, but we are getting absolutely hammered in central Iowa. Winds 70 miles an hour. It's raining sideways, Doc. I uh, haven't seen one like this in a while. Uh, what's things over in your part of the state? In about three hours, we'll get the same thing. So, I guess I better. Uh, I guess I better push some things around, huh? Yeah, t- tighten up that lawn furniture. It's going to end up in the neighbor's yard. Damn. Okay. Well, I'll make sure to do that. But a yep. uh, little busy on some others. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> yes. uh, no doubt about that, Doc. So let's let's get right into it. It sounds like I know Iowa was scheduled to begin football practice five minutes ago. Ferentz bagged that uh, somewhere around nine o'clock. He canceled practice. Uh, we've seen the reports. Dan Patrick uh, had it out there that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten were going to make that official tomorrow. There was some kind of vote yesterday, last night, 12-2 in favor of cancellation. Nebraska and Iowa being the dissenters uh, amongst the uh, group of 14 schools. Uh, but do you get the sense uh, that we are on the precipice here of canceling college football, at least in the Big Ten, as early as tomorrow? And I hate saying that, and it's been a, just the weirdest week that I can ever remember associated with college athletics. I thought realignment 10 years ago was mm. was wild with everything circulating about the Big 12, and this one has it lapped 10 times. It's just, it's uh, to go from Wednesday morning, a new schedule, to now go, all here we are, to canceling football. I mean, everything about the schedule was, was set where there were, 41 different possibilities of, of shoehorning different games in here and there and to not give it a chance. Um, the Big Ten really has a lot of explaining to do. I'm not saying they, they've made the wrong decision, but I do think they have a lot of explaining to do as to how it changed so quickly. Doc, uh, the thing that I continue to struggle with is people wanting to push this back, push it back with not knowing what pushing it back is actually going to do, what it's going to be. And People are holding out hope that there's going to be something that is going to make this more tenable come the new year, come January, February, March, whatever it may be. But we just don't know here. We've seen if you give it a try, things can work. Will there be cancellations? Yeah, there'll be cancellations. We found that out high school sports here. We've seen that at the MLB. But it still can happen. This pushing back, is there a belief inside the Big Ten that they'll have this thing figured out by the spring? Is that what they're holding out hope for? Uh, you're asking me a little bit to speculate because this is still such a wild concept. I mean, you know, it, it, they're pushing it back. Um, you know, I, I imagine they're going to try to get it in the spring. Let's just start there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has not been official. You know, it has even the cancellation hasn't been officially announced. But I think that's where things are going right now, which is uh, that they want um, to go, move to the spring. 
at when do you start it and how do you complete it and mm-hmm. how do you do it? I, I don't know all those things. I mean, you know, we we had to go through this in March uh, regarding the NCAA tournament. It was crazy then. Um, I think everybody thought, okay, well, it's almost six months away, so college football, if we flatten the curve and, and do some things right as a country, we could get there, and we didn't. You know, and this is our this is our painful reality we're dealing mm-hmm. with right now. And um, you know, beyond that, you know, what's what's next? I don't know. I mean, what's you know, 2021? Is it going to be magically better? Is it going to be worse? You know, I, I don't have a magic ball right now, or you know, an eight ball to figure that one out. Doc, is this a two pronged? Um... Not attack. Are 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 we overlooking the role of uh, the players trying to organize? Uh, are we overlooking the fact that amateurism seems to be on the brink as well? And we know what that means to college sports. We also know how f- hard so many people fought to keep amateurism, and it seems like they would do anything in in order to avoid, you know, having to give that up. How big of a role is that playing in any decisions going forward, do you think? I think it has some merit, um, but I don't think that is the major factor here. I think uh, when we've seen some players at different schools in the Big Ten come down with heart issues uh, post-COVID, I think that scares the you-know-what out of everybody. And then you have, you know, the potential for litigation and lawsuits and, you know, losing those, I think probably scares them, you know, even more. Because what happens if somebody who had COVID in June comes back, plays, has a heart issue, sues them for $100 million, then, you know, then you're dead, you know, as financially as well. So, I mean, you're going to have certain, you know, and I know lawyers could tell me one way or the other about those issues, but I just think the culmination of everything and the uncertainty and the fact that they've had a lot of communications with doctors, um, I think that really matters here. But, you know, it's, it's, I think the unionization part of it is, is a factor, but I don't think that it's the number one factor in this situation does this uh come down strictly to the liability whatever factor you want to do you mentioned the heart part of it but just the liability nobody wants to be that team is something is somebody stricken even if they have a pre-existing condition and knowing about it and they still want to play the death if that would happen it would just be the end of college athletics is it liability more than anything yeah i think it is and i think it's you know health liability and and again you know what what happens if there is you know, multiple deaths related to this. And I know there are a lot of people who will immediately jump on that and say, well, you know, if you're 18 to 22, you should be healthy. Well, yeah, I would hope so. But at the same time, you know, nobody knows that yet. And I think that's the problem right now. And so liability, culpability, um, the fact that they're not paid athletes, you can't really sequester or bubble them. Um, all those things play, play a role right now. And, uh, but you know what I, I'm, the Big Ten hasn't come out and said that yet. I think they will, mm-hmm. but it's it's just uh, we're at a we're at a different day than we've ever experienced before, athletics wise. So uh, this is this is going to be hard for a lot of people to to allow it to to resonate and get through. And 
And uh, there's a lot of dark days ahead for college athletics, yep. not just football. No doubt about it. Doc, I go back to a point you just made a little bit ago. You know, what changed between Wednesday and, I guess, it started on Saturday. The rumors started to percolate. They picked up steam yesterday, and here we are today on Monday morning. But as you mentioned, I mean, Big Ten Network did a, a two-hour unveil of the schedule. They worked hard trying to put that together, and they and they put in... Uh, dates knowing that they would have to, in all likelihood, postpone or in some cases cancel some games. What happened, Doc? What was what that what changed? I guess from Wednesday to Saturday. That's a great unknown. It is a great unknown. I mean, I do know that you know some of the medical experts were awfully pessimistic and discussed with them on Friday some situations. And Saturday there was uh, there were a couple of meetings among the Big Ten. Uh, presidents and, and the league office, and it got pretty heated at times, which is kind of unusual for the Big Ten. And and then, uh, you know, they've constantly met since then. So, we, you know, I wasn't privy to those meetings. I haven't been told specifics of what went on in them. But I, I get my, from what I've gathered, that a lot of the medical personnel, it was just such a pessimistic outlook that it was un, they were unable to ignore it. But I, I do think the mixed messages sent to fans, media players, coaches, everyone associated with this um, is going to have ramifications over the next generation and beyond. I mean, uh, to, to, again, unveil a new schedule on Wednesday and by the, the, you know, the Sunday night to basically make a decision that they're going to postpone the season and not use any of those mechanisms within that new schedule uh, to try to push things back, to sequester, to do all those right things that they discussed mm-hmm. so vividly, yep. I think tells me that there's going to be, um, this is going to have long-term ramifications well beyond uh, our days on Earth. Doc, uh, you know so well the financial implications. You do a great job of that, writing at The Athletic and in past jobs that you've had. Take us through down this path. What no false sports are going to mean for the Big Ten and specifically for the University of Iowa. And even if there is some kind of spring season, what is that going to mean? It, it, these financial ramifications feel like they're going to be across the board in that athletic department and maybe change the course of what athletic departments across the country look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to look like they're, instead of cutting with a scalpel, they're going to be cutting with a, with an axe. And that's just what's going to have to happen without football revenue. And you're talking about, you know, Jamie Pollard has always done a great job with this type of situation, and he described it vividly uh, a few months ago about, you know, you can't carry around those kind of operational costs for three, four, five months without getting paid for it and just write those checks that, you know, everything they get financially from football comes in like three installments in the fall. So, they're not getting those checks. Plus, they're not getting the checks from uh, seven home games and, and from other events associated with football. So nothing is coming in, and then they have you know a hundred million dollar payroll and or budget, I should say, and and when more. And so you've got to figure out ways to cut. Well, you're not going to be able to say, well, we'll just take this uh, bus instead of this charter aircraft. That's not going to do it. So they're going to have to cut some sports. They're going to have to cut some people. They're going to have to do away with a lot of the things that right now we go, how, you know, what happened here? And, and that's really an unfortunate circumstance. And, and I think that's where we are. And, and it's not going to be a unique to Iowa. I think every school is going to face that. I think you're going to see a, a wave of sports suspensions. Probably every single fall sport now will be suspended. The only thing that, you know, and, and potentially canceled 
coaching staffs let go. Yeah. Athletes will be allowed to keep their scholarships, but that's about it. I don't know about food. I mean, it's just all of this stuff is, is again, it's Armageddon when it comes to college mm. sports, not having any kind of football revenue. Mm. Doc, uh, at The Athletic, I know that uh, the college basketball staff did a really deep dive trying to come up with solution as how we can – you know we can play college basketball this winter, if you will. Uh, forty four, forty four different sites. Is that what I saw? I mean, there's a bunch of them. Seems like a, uh, an ambitious plan to say the least. Uh, but at least people are trying to put their heads together and figure somehow, some way, uh, if you're going to lose football to save the other big revenue driver, men's college basketball. Yeah, it's a neat idea. I hope it works, and I uh, hope people can. There could be some things. You know, I, I can imagine Des Moines being a great spot for something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have two different arenas, uh, Drake and uh, and Wells Fargo, that would be you know more than adequate. They'd be really good. You have access to a lot of hotels or indoor dorm space. Uh, you know, you have a lot of Midwestern teams within a three to four or five hour range that it, you know they could bus play and and play multiple games. But you know, basketball is important. Don't get me wrong. It, but it's a drop in the bucket compared to no question revenue wise, and so um, you know I hope that can happen. But right now, if if you can't get past this mountain of football, and you know, and if you can, um, it's because your school doesn't have it. So I think that's right now. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic Doc. We'll get back to work. We'll uh, read what you've published later on in the day and throughout the week. Going to be an eventful week. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. So Barrett's, how do you say his last name? Sally? Sully. Sully. Mm-hmm. Sully. Barrett Sully. Uh, he's got his, um, he's got three, essentially, and that's four. He's got the three Power Five conferences. He's broke them up into four districts, if you will, in the yes. West. So the Big 12 stays together with the exception of they ship West Virginia north. And in their place, they take Texas A&M because the SEC is still going, mm-hmm. as we know. So this is a combination, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12. And the Big 12 yeah, together. Right. Four different conferences, if you will. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Mm. You can figure it out. These three get together? Let's do it. You're in. <laughs> yes, Look, I'm everybody's in. in. Everybody's in. It's just <sighs> unlikely. It is unlikely. It's unlikely. And, and I, I say that to you a lot. Mm-hmm. Come with me into reality. You know, these, these 44 pods in college, that's not reality. It's not happening. It's not happening. No, absolutely not. And the reality they, they wasted is... wasted a lot of time yes, and brain power trying right. to put that up. And I, I, I mean, I couldn't even get through the article. It was, it was so yeah. outrageous. By the way, there's over 10,000 people without power, mid-American customers already. Damage all over Central Iowa. I'm looking at 13's been all over this for, I'm sure, five and eight have. Mm-hmm. We just have it on 13 and I can't change the channel. Um, <laughs> not that I want to, I'm just saying uh, that. Uh, so I'm sure everybody's all over it right now, but boy, oh boy, carnage some, from this yes. thing. Is it starting to let up a little bit? Looks oh, like maybe a little a tad. bit. Yeah, but um, well, from where it was Oof. 20 minutes ago, where it was just, you couldn't see across the street. It was coming in sideways. It is still raining hard out there. And, uh, well, wait and see how much damage there is when I get home yeah, today. Yeah, I'm thinking, I was just thinking the same thing. Unbelievable. You don't have real big trees, though, do you? Not, if, mm, not real close. No, to you, right across the street. Right. I mean, Otter Creek's got some big, nice, mature trees. We have a huge tree in our front yard. And we've had a arborist yeah. tell us that 
needs to come down soon. Oh, really? What's oh, yeah. wrong with it? Uh, it's not the what? What's that one disease with the insect that comes in? Yeah, the, the boar. The boars and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that, but he basically said, "You see this? You got some uh, mushrooms growing here. That's not good." He knocked on it, and it sounds hollow. Yeah, it's huge. Hopefully, it's not sitting on my roof when I get home. No, that won't be cheap either way, no. Trent. If it goes, if it does come out by the storm, or you have to take it out, you're yeah. not going to do it on your own. Oh God, no. Uh, we will t- uh, take a time out uh, before we do that. I'm going to help you pay your bills. In case the trees come down. Tree bills, yeah. Right. KXNO and iHeart want to help you do that. Text the keyword bank to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. Bank to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Miller and Condon till noon. Let's find out what's going on in the Big 12. Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports joins us next. We take you until noon on 1460 KXNO and 10 10-3-2020. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Matt Poston's momentarily just looking at video of Buccaneer Arena. Uh, the roof, are the, apparently it's raining indoors. It, the rain is, I mean, the roof is not completely ripped off, but it seems like a portion of it is gone. Yeah, a couple of big chunks that were out there. We saw the video up there on 13. It's been a rough, rough uh, late Ooh. morning here across central Iowa and continues to push its way east to our people out there. Take cover. It's coming your way. Boy, oh boy. I just texted a couple of people from Buccaneers, and not, maybe they don't have cell service, or maybe they got better things to do and text me back. Right, right. Which <laughs> probably has something to do with it, too. Get a hold of yourself, Miller. Uh, let's talk Big 12, shall we? Matt Postens, he joins us. Well, Matt, uh, it's been... Um it's been a different morning, clearly. It's been a different couple of days. Uh, apparently, although Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune, who's as uh, connected with the Big Ten as anybody, he just tweeted uh, that he's spoken with Big Ten. Nothing's official yet. Uh, that doesn't mean that the, uh, that the shoe is going not going to drop, but nothing official yet. Big 12 is still holding out, along with the ACC and the SEC. Is that what your information is saying, that the Big 12, at least for now, uh, is not on the cusp, seemingly, as the Pac-12 uh, and the Big 10 are of canceling college football? That's what it seems like. You run through all the information that's out there right now, and I'm looking at a tweet right now of Brooks Carter, among others, who have basically are saying it's the Big Ten of the Pac-12 versus the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC in terms of whether they play football in the fall or not. It's. I realize this is an extremely combustible issue because we all want football and we all want players to be safe. You know, Trevor Lawrence was tweeting about it just a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to be in the camp of wanting to play and and go ahead and play this fall and press ahead. Other players have been very clear about the fact that they want, you know, as many assurances as they can get that their health will be, you know, as as taken care of as possible during this season. And the question that I keep coming back to as I've been thinking about this this weekend is, what happens when the first college football player who contracts COVID during a game dies? How is everybody going to feel about that? Because when when players accept the risk of injury Mm -hmm. because they're used to it and because it's something they can't plan for. You can't plan for pulling your hamstring. You can't plan for breaking your arm. It just happens during a game. But this is the kind of thing you can plan for. You can plan for it in a way in which you can try to make everything as safe as possible for players, but there's still not going to be 100% safe. 
And how much risk are you willing to accept as an institution, as a player, and as a team to have football this fall? I think that's the big question that everybody's grappling with right now. As we see the Big Ten and the Pac-12 make their decision, and it looks like it's imminent between the two that they will be canceling, there are the three other conferences. The Big 12 can't stand alone. If the SEC and ACC also decide they can't be the only one playing fall football. But what is the likelihood that you can see a path for those three conferences to get together, stay together, and say, we're going to push forward here, we're going to make this a go, and at least try to see if we can get it started? Are we at... 5%, 50%, where would you say would the likelihood that those three get together and try to make a go of it? Well, let's, let's, roll, let's roll back to your original thesis. Why can't they go to alone? Why can't the Big 12 go to alone? Just play a 10-game season in your conference, have a champion, and if there's a college football playoff, you've got uh, a team there to play in the college football playoff, whether it's in the fall or the spring. Since all of these conferences negotiate their television contracts through their own devices, through their own conferences, there's nothing that says that the Big 12 can't be the only college football conference out there playing football in the fall, and that would be great for them because all the eyeballs would be on them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if the Big 12 and the ACC and the SEC wanted to join forces, they could certainly do that in this environment. Uh, I'd call it probably a 50-50 proposition at this point. Mm. Yeah, well, so you think that there's a chance that uh, that Bullsby, I, I think the Texas schools would certainly be on board with that. I mean, Tom Herman, they've been they've been practicing. They haven't missed any beats as far as we know at Texas. I don't know. Maybe Baylor's been the same way. Texas Tech and Lubbock also TCU. Um, chances that the Big Twelve would do that, Matt? You think is fifty fifty? I. I don't think I don't know if it's 50, that particular scenario. I think it's lower than the scenario of those three conferences playing together. I'm just putting it out there that just because the NCAA says we're not going to have a college football championship in the fall mm-hmm. doesn't mean those conferences can't play because the NCAA doesn't control the college football playoff. Right. The different conferences control right. the college football playoff. So there's nothing that says they can't go it alone if they don't want to. Uh, Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports uh, is our guest. I, I saw uh, Kevin Warren, the uh, the uh, commissioner of the Big Ten. He says that he's up, he's okay with with spring football. That uh, he thinks that that might be the pathway going forward. Have you heard anything out of the Big Twelve regarding spring and um, you know whether or not that they would be okay if indeed that's a last gasp at trying to save and salvage something? ESPN apparently told the MAC that yeah, we'll televise your games if you guys do push. I mean, we know they're canceled now, but if they play in the spring, ESPN is on board. Anything on the Big Twelve that you've heard about spring football at this point? Uh, nothing yet, and, and I think uh, until they make a decision about the fall, they probably won't tar- start talking about the spring, but. You know, ESPN saying that they'll eat, they'll broadcast the Mac games. Of course they will. First of all, they have a contract to do so. Second of all, the Mac wants them to broadcast those games mm-hmm. because if they don't broadcast those games, the Mac has to give that money back to ESPN in some way for the rights fees. So it makes perfect sense that ESPN would broadcast those games. If everybody pushes to the spring, I promise you, ESPN will find room on its schedule to broadcast all those games because it benefits everybody. The big hit that will we the big hit is if they don't play football in fall or in spring, then you have a rights fee nightmare for all these universities mm-hmm. because a lot of their athletics are funded by television money, and that TV money goes away for a year due to the fact that they have to give that money back 
through the rights fees because if there's no product and nothing to broadcast, then they're not going to get that money. Then you're going to see athletic programs go away. Maybe not football at the bigger schools, but some of the other smaller programs that are supported by that football money would probably end up having to go away. So I'm not worried about whether or not people are going to broadcast football in the spring because if there are spring football games, they're going to broadcast them. I'm more worried about whether or not some conferences might just say, you know what, we're not going to worry about it in the spring. We're just going to push the next fall. What constitutes a spring schedule? And when you get practices started, for you down in Texas, not a big of a deal, but if you're talking about starting February 1st with practice here in Iowa, unless you're inside and you're playing inside of an inside facility, it's going to be incredibly difficult to do. Then you get into games. All right, this miracle vaccine has come and everybody's going to be able to go in the stands. Well, who wants to sit in stands and march in in Iowa and across the north in these kind of environments? It's just the spring schedule, in theory, sounds great, but there's still so many unknowns. What would it look like in your mind? Are we talking about finishing up the season in July? Well, that means they're not playing a fall season starting September 1 then either. Yeah, a couple of conferences have kind of floated, you know, what they might do. Like the Missouri Valley has floated that if they play in the spring, it'll be an eight-game conference schedule, which I would assume would probably be somewhere along the lines of February, March, or March, April. Mm -hmm. Uh, A community college down here in Texas, uh, Kilgore College, has already released its spring football schedule because NJCAA last month pushed their championships to the spring. Their schedule runs, I think, from mid-March to mid-May. So they don't have the big extensive bowl season or playoffs that uh, FBS and, and some of the other uh, divisions do. So, yeah, if they're done in mid-May and they have their national championship games at the next weekend, then you've got at least the summer break to, to re- refresh yourself before you go into the next football season. So I, I think any sort of spring schedule is going to have to be something where it probably ends somewhere around uh, late April, early May, mid-May, just to give those players that are coming back for the fall season uh, time to refresh themselves because I don't think that you're going to want to push another fall unless you medically have to push for another fall. Mm. Uh, We were told last week, Randy Peterson, Des Moines Register, I think it was Friday, uh, alerted us that the athletic departments have the schedule, what the Big 12 schedule is going to look like, and that it would either be released at some point over the weekend or first part of this week. Well, we're first part of this week. I have to assume and if Randy's reporting is correct, and he's usually pretty good at these things, uh, that they're just now going to sit on it and see not which way the wind blows. The Big Ten's taken a ton of criticism for last Wednesday, Matt. I guess is where I'm going. They put out their schedule, and three days later, there were um, we're at Armageddon, right? With the with the on the cusp of canceling. So I don't think the Big Twelve would let us know. Uh, if indeed there's a chance uh, that they might look bad within 48 hours of putting out their schedule, that they bag the season. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think they would, would hang on to it for a little while, especially if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 do come out tomorrow and say, you know what, we're going to push to the spring. That might cause the Big 12 to adjust their scheduling model again, because right now they're a 9 plus 1. They might just say, you know what, we're just going to play nine conference games. We're going to start in late September and we're going to have our championship game, and, and that's going to be our season. So they could you know, conceivably eliminate that one non-conference game and just go straight into conference play in late September, and that has the benefit of giving everything a little bit more time to settle down. 
You know, just real quick, you mentioned the fact that uh, that the Valley's going to play their games in the spring. I know that on the cover uh, of your College Football America, the yearbook that you guys put out, uh, Trey Lance, the quarterback for the Bison, is on it. They've got two first-rounders, an offensive lineman whose name escapes me, that he's uh, going to be drafted in the first round as well. But when, when pursuant to, to Trey Lance... You know, comparing him to, to Fields and to Lawrence, how big of a drop-off is there between the two that everybody knows about, Ohio State and Clemson and North Dakota State? How big of a drop-off between Lance and the two guys that will go very early in the draft? I don't think it's as big as some people just assume it will be because, well, after all, he plays at North Dakota State. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a – I don't think there's a huge drop-off between those three players. I think that – uh, the drop-off in people's minds is where those three players might go in the first round. I think people look at uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields as both potentially franchise-type quarterbacks. They probably don't look at Trey Lance the same way, partly because he does play at a school like North Dakota State, even though it's been an incredibly good football program for a long time. And Carson Wentz has had a fairly successful career in college football or in, in the NFL mm-hmm. since migrating from NDSU. Uh, but I think uh, it's that it's that mindset of NFL scouts or the like, or they're trying to find the franchise quarterback. They probably look at Trevor Lawrence that way because he has all the measurables. He's six foot six. He has a cannon arm. He runs well. He's played in the crucible of national championship games. You know what? Trey Lance did a really good job last year during North Dakota state's national championship game against James Madison. I think the bigger thing for North Dakota state right now is hoping you can hang on to Trey Lance because just last night, D'Angelo Amos is one of the best defensive players in SDS decided to transfer from James Madison to Virginia. So uh-huh. one of the things you have to watch for is if all these conferences decide to push, some of these FBS players may transfer to mm-hmm. FBS programs with the opportunity to play uh, in the spring. Say if you have a player who goes to the NFL or decides to leave to go to the NFL, uh, there's a scholarship waiting for them if they want to move on. So that's another piece of it you got to watch as well. How about basketball? We know, Matt, uh, you're big into Big 12 basketball and look at the college season after the NCAA tournament was canceled uh, back in March. Here we are awaiting that part of it. No football. doesn't feel like basketball inside of arena where really the only thing that seemed to work is bubbles is going to be realistic for college basketball. Where are you? Yeah, it's going to be tough. If I were the Big 12, I would be thinking very seriously about just playing a conference schedule and playing in a bubble like the NBA is doing. Uh, I realize there's the whole educational aspect, but you know what? Kids can go online. They already have tutoring sessions when they're on the road. Uh, they already participate in some classes remotely when they're on the road. Pick a place, Lawrence, Casey, wherever. Take them there for two months. Let them play their season. Let them play their Big 12 tournament. Do it in a bubble environment. That way you're, you're not guaranteed that everybody will be healthy but you're doing everything possible to restrict the environment to just those people who need to be there. If I were the Big 12, that's what I would be thinking about right now because there's no guarantee, like you guys said earlier, that we'll have a vaccine you know, by early spring uh, to be able to facilitate the opportunity to have athletics. If I were the Big 12, if I were the 10 member schools of that conference, that's what I would be thinking about right now. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Matt, thank you. If the need arises, we'll impose on you again uh, later on in the week. Uh, Thank you for what you do for us, Matt. Appreciate it. No problem, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Uh, Joining us as uh, we get a little look-see at the Big 12. Um, Buccaneer Arena, the roof is mm-hmm. it's raining inside. It, might this be the this storm? I mean, I don't know how much 
it's going to take to replace the roof and how much insurance. Right. Might this be uh, the catalyst for a new arena? That thing is old. I mean, it it's, is, it's yeah. a dump, but it's, you know what? It's a great dump. It is, yes. It's yeah. a wonderful barn. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been talk for years. It's time for a new one. They, they start in be... September, I think, right? Or early October. Yeah, how they quick just had is a training be? camp this past weekend. Can you get the roof fixed by, who knows? Well, call Wolf Roofing. They'll be able to help. Well, you out. know what, Trent? Yes. Uh, that's a great idea. Yes. <laughs> that was not a setup, by the way. <laughs> we did not play that one out beforehand. But no, you're exactly right. That's been in the works for a long, long time. It's been a conversation forever. Yes. Yeah. A lot of different areas mm-hmm. that I've heard Keep it. want to keep in that Urbandale area, but there's other parts of town that maybe make a yeah. little bit more sense. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, other parts of town that are growing a little bit more have that ability. Well, that place uh, down where they're moving, Des Moines University, down in West Des Moines, uh, down past there, past the DMAC West campus out there, where they're putting in like all those hockey facilities and soccer fields and all kinds of stuff out that way. Would that make sense? I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah, but you could be right. It could be as simple as we're going to do it. The time is now. Well, you just wonder, right? Yeah. I mean, so the footage that uh, WHO pictures on Twitter, I did hear from uh, – uh, Mary Blakemore with the uh, Des Moines Buccaneers, and she said it's as bad as you're seeing on TV. Oh, boy. And you indeed can feel the raindrops if you're inside the building. Uh, we'll take a time out, come back, finish up the program. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Thanks to Matt Postens and Scott Dockerman. Uh, as we continue, it's uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, Miller and Condon. Good one there, Trent Condon. Not lost on anybody? I hope not. It is. I think it's... Well, I'm looking outside the window. It seems like it's let down, although Mega Doppler here on WHO sounds looking at it, and I don't claim to understand it mm-hmm. by any means, but it looks like it's t- it hasn't moved away from the uh, area by any means. Uh, power outages everywhere. Yes. Ooh, trees down everywhere. Road closures apparently are a real thing, uh, at least for the time being. Yeah, a lot of people out on your lunch break right now. Be careful out there. This might be one hunker down just in the office and... I get something delivered in. You know, I think it's uh, pretty apparent that people, there's more people back in their offices yes. now. Yep. I mean, 2.35 in the mornings is kind mm-hmm. of my barometer, if you will. Um, it's not like it normally is. No, no, by any means. But it's certainly... You remember those days like in April? There was delivery people in you and I. Right. I just fly right down 2.30. Yeah. Not a soul and I could use... Two, three, four different lanes if I wanted to. <laughs> Take them all. They're all yours. Nobody's using them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's people are going back into the office. That's good. We've got to get things started, so we shall see. Um, nothing yet on Twitter. There's been nothing in the last 10 minutes or so regarding uh, any news from the Big Ten or from the Pac-12. So far, so good. We'll just hold our breath and, uh, and see what comes of it. I know that the players are, I mean, they took, to Twitter very mm-hmm. quickly and made everybody aware we want to play. They want to play. Look, right. we want you to play. I don't think anybody's out there rooting for people not to play. I don't. I you think people are not. yeah. I think people are realistic that it's probably not going to happen. I don't think anybody's uh you know cheering for them not to play. And be very careful with with some of the rumors that are going to be out there on Twitter today. Uh, there was one that 
Nebraska, Iowa, Ohio State, and Michigan are, are looking to join the Big 12. Come on. Come on. Really? Yeah. yeah. Bruce Feldman, in fact, tweeted about it saying, that would be news to us. That's what an athletic director at one of those four schools said. That is not going to happen. That Those kind of things, put on your BS meter and, and make sure it goes off before you're retweeting or say, oh, look, this is what's going to happen. So they're going to go rogue, those schools yeah, on yeah, the Big right, Ten? Right. There's a lot of misinformation out there mm-hmm. also. Be careful for that. Yeah. But know what? It's inevitable. And that's where we are. I think so. I mean, Harbaugh just put out, uh, he just put out a memo that he thinks they should play. There's politicians that are involved that they want to play. I mean, the governor of Florida last week was going to try and demand that Florida and Florida State play their football game this year. Right. <laughs> the world we live in. Well, we want baseball tonight. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I'm not sure we'll be able to watch it because there's you know power oh, outages yeah, everywhere. Right. And it really is. Well, the White Sox play at 6 o'clock, right? Who do they have? Uh, the White Sox have the second-place Detroit Tigers in the AL Central. How about those Tigers? Uh, Gardner's got them play yeah. pretty, playing pretty well. So that's early. And then the Brewers and the Twins. The Twins all of a sudden have lost four straight. What's going on? Once to the Pirates, three times to the uh-huh. Royals. It was not a fun weekend for yeah, those If twins. you're a Royals fan, though, that, um, that might be the one of the highlights yeah. of the season. Look, we've talked about some of the young talent, some of the young arms. Mm-hmm. Singer with his first win yesterday. Uh, Strawbomb, I'm telling you, this kid, or Strawbomb, uh, there's no R. He's the real deal, the man bun and the 99-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, but the Twins, just what? Just uh, bats weren't there. Mm-hmm. Got down. They, they scored on Saturday, but the other two games are just one of those. And really, that's kind of been the issue with this team. The first two weeks of the season, they were jumping on starters early, but then the bats would go quiet after that. They were able to hold on because they get those leads and have a good bullpen to go along with it. But outside of Kepler, little Marwin Gonzalez and Cruz Nelson okay, Cruz, yeah. The rest of that lineup no, has Kep- not hit very well. Kepler's been terrific, Drew. Yeah. Kepler's been really, really good. Buxton's had a couple of moments, but it's well, been just three that. Home, uh, home runs in three consecutive yeah. days or two. Sano had a good couple of day stretch, but that's about uh-huh. been about... Both those guys were late coming in, though. Donaldson right. hasn't been with them. I'm not concerned. This isn't one where four losses, including one to the Pirates, three to the Royals, where I'm hitting the panic button. Maybe you do have to a little bit, though, at a 60-game schedule. Well, true, but you know what else it's going to do? Maybe not for you. You want to run away. You're a fan mm-hmm. of the team. You want your team to be um, not on pins and needles. You don't want the la- last week of the regular season to Set have some drama. Yeah. You just want to be able to coast into it, right? The Cardinals are in um, an, a whole other story. They've played five games. What did you say? 55 games 49 days to play 55 games? If they, they start on Thursday, and that's where they're scheduled right now, a doubleheader. Mm. But yeah, to get 55 games in in 49 days, I saw the Marlins have to play something uh, in order to kind of catch up. They have to play, what was it, 11 games over a seven-day stretch, the way it's currently scheduled with doubleheaders in there. You get you got a 60-man roster. <laughs> Going to have to use it in order to get through that, though. Even with those seven-inning doubleheader games, that, that is a lot. Well, on so those I, I, I'm surprised that the Cardinals weren't forced to bring up that taxi squad. I was, too. It's, by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's what it's there for. Yeah, I we figured. thought. All right, after the Cubs cancellation, that series this weekend. All right, starting Monday, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Bring up whoever you have to bring out, but you have to put together a 28-man roster, 30-man roster. You have to do that. And they didn't. And they just keep pushing it back. A lot of kicking things down the road, isn't there? Indeed. And a lot of different walks. Indeed. Uh, Cubs tomorrow in Cleveland, right? Yes, they're in yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, two-game set there before Milwaukee. 
I think is next sure up for the Cubs. The end of the week is. Well, Minnesota Wild fans, you have a chance. Five o'clock tonight, tune in to television. You might have the first overall pick. Is that an NHL uh, network or uh, NBC Sports NBC Network, Sports network okay. I think. Uh, there are eight teams, and um, the Wild are one of them that have a chance to get the number one overall pick in next year's, or this year's, I guess, NHL drafts. Good player. Lafreniere is his last name. He's a left winger. He is uh, by far and away. I mean, no one has anybody else in that number one slot. So the Wild have a chance if the ping pong ball goes their way. Jets do, too. Are you going to celebration beer? If they win, yes. Slugging it down? Absolutely. Pour it over your head? I might. Yeah? I might just do that. All right. All right. Trent Condon and I back tomorrow with 10 o'clock. Murph and Andy at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Morning Rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. Miller and Condon, 1460 and 106.3 FM.